Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we make an example of a grad student, but first a story from Available Capital 476. If that's what you really want, Karen. Once upon a time, I was working a seasonal retail job at a craft store chain. It's important to note that for the purposes of their sales, lighted tree toppers, lighted decorations, string lights, etc. were all separate categories. On this fateful day, lighted tree toppers were on sale for 30% off. The rest of the lighted decor on that aisle was not. The sales were very clearly marked, and the sections designated clearly as well as the category printed on the package itself. It is even listed in the email that Karen was using to present her coupon. Karen approaches my register with her tree topper. The register recognizes the discounts and applies them automatically in most instances. This being no exception, the 30% applies itself. Your total will be $18.90. Karen then presents her 20% off coupon. I'm sorry ma'am, this coupon's not applicable to sale items. She says those aren't on sale, the lights aren't on sale this week. I show the copy of our sale bulletin on my counter. I say, I apologize for the confusion ma'am. This actually falls under the tree topper category. You'll see here it's 30% off. I won't be able to apply the coupon, but you will be getting the already discounted sale price. She says, I'm telling you, I don't want any sale. You're going to take my coupon. I should probably mention that she was in at least once weekly, yelled about sales and coupons every single time, and then declared she was never coming back, only to be back the following week to do the same. I say, ma'am, I would have to manually override the sale price and apply the coupon manually as well. She says, then do it. I'm telling you it's not on sale and I'm using my coupon or I'm reporting you. I say, yes ma'am, if you insist. I got a visual confirmation from my supervisor in the way of a hand signal we used to mean, go ahead. She was not too happy when I did exactly as she demanded and her total came to 2160. She says, you're stealing from me. I demand to speak to a manager. I'm never coming back here again. My shift supervisor had been on the register next over the whole time to combat the afternoon rush. That's how she managed to give the visual approval in the moment. She took great joy herself in telling Karen, you have the exact discounted price you demanded. You can pay it or leave. Oh, you're never coming back? Do you promise? Karen paid her 2160 with her head hung. She was back next week. See, the thing is... When you threaten, I'm never coming back here again, it's only a legitimate threat if you're a good customer, if they want you to be there. If you're one of these Karens who always complains and just sucks to have as a customer, they might give you something for free to never show up again. Do you guys think coupons and coupon books are a waste of time, or do you think they're actually genuinely useful? Would you ever devote your time to setting aside coupons to go to the store and use? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Plasma Jack. Grad student told me to do things their way. 
So here's the context. Some years ago, I worked at a cruise ship doing souvenir photography. It was my second summer there, and we had a new manager that year that was finishing her master's in photography. Standard, not digital. Pay was based on a group split commission. So if the day photographers did terrible, but the night photographers did amazing, the day photographers benefited, and vice versa. My first year, the owner stopped by to train us and gave us specific instructions on how we should photograph guests, and why we should be doing it, and saw an increase in sales as a result of it. The owner had been doing it for years and ran multiple locations, so I just listened and did what I was told. Fast forward to year two, we have this new manager who hadn't been trained yet but only received basic instructions, and was told to defer to the returning employees for things she didn't understand. For the first couple of weeks, it was fine. Slow start to the season, so sales of course weren't crazy. Come week 5 when night cruise starts, I noticed that myself and my only male coworker are both only being scheduled for mornings. At first I thought, whatever, free at night, no big deal. I figured since the new manager was working with a returning employee, things would be okay for commission on the night cruise days. First week of night cruise goes by, and I notice I made drastically less than last year for the amount of hours I worked. I checked the sales spreadsheet, every employee needed to update this at the end of their shifts, and noticed that day sales were the same as night sales. I ran up to the ticket office to check the passenger list for the days they ran night cruises, assuming there just weren't many passengers. Not only were there way more passengers at night than during the day, but I noticed way more waste. Second week, I have a split shift that overlaps with the manager. She pulls me to the side at the beginning of the shift and explains her expectations for photos. She shows me an example of hers and then shows me one I took. She told me that the way I took photos was unacceptable and I had to shoot them the way she did. These photos, by the way, get put into 8x6 sheets and small wallet-sized photos. Her photo was, uh, highly technical, let's say. The entire top half of the photo was negative space and showing off the location. Yeah, sure, I kind of got what she was saying because I was in school for photography too. Too bad we're selling pictures of people and not space. I explained to her that myself and my coworkers have been shooting the way the owner himself instructed us to. And she said, I'm the manager here, not you. I don't know what he told you to do and that's not what we're doing. Do it the way I tell you to, okay? The third week, I explained to my coworker that this is what the manager wanted. And he was confused as well. So we do it. We take these photos where the passengers are barely visible in the wallet photos and half the photos are negative space. Sales plummeted to no surprise from anyone but the manager and owner. I get a phone call from the owner asking if there were fewer passengers or something and told them that it was normal. He asked why sales were down at night as well, to which I told him I had no idea because I was never scheduled to work at night anymore. He wasn't sure how to take that, but we left it at that. The next week, the owner called me to inform me that the new manager had agreed to mutually terminate her employment there, and then asked why we were having so much trouble. I told him everything she told us to do, and that scheduling was bad since it left us understaffed for night cruises. It turns out she was instructed to hire new employees for the season, and she ignored every single applicant because they had no formal photography education. 
So basically, knowing full well it would hurt sales to not tell the owner that the manager just wasn't good at sales photography, I just waited until she got in trouble for turning up losses because she pulled, you do what I say, I don't care. Sorry, Jay. Although I think it can be said that reporting them and just giving the owner a heads up would arguably be the right thing to have done, it's pretty clear what OP did here is the much more satisfying thing. Let the owner figure it out and revel knowing that the owner gets the full brunt of the shock of how awful this manager's running things. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories, like our final story of the day from Dark and Mysterious. Don't say anything to you? Fine. I won't. As a preface, I work in the security and law and enforcement industry. This story takes place in an old county jail during the height of COVID. At the time, I, female, was a correctional officer running my own unit and a majority male populated and employed facility. It took a few months, but I'd finally earned the respect and trust of most of the inmates. It was drilled into my head from day one to always be firm, fair, and consistent. And I was. This is how I succeeded in running a unit efficiently, though it wasn't without its issues namely inmates jamming their door with toilet paper and other miscellaneous items. Now, this wasn't your typical or even stereotypical jail. It was old and had huge steel metal doors. Think big doors with a small glass window, not the actual bars. Like most doors, it had the metal mechanism and slot in the center of the door, which was responsible for keeping the door locked and secured. Most everything that had to be unlocked was controlled by a big old clunky control board. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Only a select few units had computerized systems. My job was mainly the control officer, which consisted of operating the control board, answering phones, key holder, filing daily paperwork, etc. Said control board had a variety of buttons, but was mostly used to let inmates slash COs in and out as well as turning on TVs and turning the mezzanine lights on and off on each unit. It should also be noted that as control officer, you almost never have direct contact with inmates. As you're higher up in a fishbowl or bubble as we call it, we control officers had to find unique ways to interact and converse with the inmates. All of this will be important later. Now on to the story. On this rare day, I was assigned a block officer, same unit except now I'm patrolling the blocks, and spending the majority of my shift having direct supervision over the inmates. I was always one to make my presence known, patrolling every 20 to 30 minutes, even when there was no wreck and inmates were locked in, sitting on the block during recreational hours, random cell inspections, the works. On this particular morning, I was conducting my first tour of B Block and asked the control officer to inform me of the doors that were not secure. My coworker notified me that B-108 was not secure, and I promptly made my way over there. You see, there were colored lights under each door, red, green, indicating whether a door was secure or not. The inmates were expected to keep their door secure during non-rec hours. However, there were quite a few inmates who consistently jammed their door thus being able to escape their cell and do whatever they wanted. These things ranged from taking an unauthorized shower to running into other inmates' cells and shanking them. You can see why that's a problem, and it created a huge safety and security risk. The inmates in B-108 gave me an issue with this at least once a week, even when previously housed on C-Block. They resorted to putting globs of toothpaste in the slot to manipulate the door open. I had had enough. I made them clean it out, and as punishment, they wouldn't be receiving wreck during my shift, and would be getting a three-day lock-in. Simply put, that meant no phone calls, showers, TV, tablets, or yard time during first shift, and only coming out for scheduled appointments. It may sound a bit harsh, but they always got wreck at some point in the day, and this was one of the few tactics that worked for me. To say that they were livid would be an understatement. The one inmate, who we'll call Potty Mouth, was fuming and spouting slurs and insults even after I left the block. I didn't care. I had warned them not to jam their door on numerous occasions. Three days go by, and they finally are allowed to resume recreational activities. I'm assigned the block again, and delivering hall passes, used for inmates to get around the jail, for upcoming video calls. At this time, in-person visits were not allowed due to COVID, and inmates were doing video calls in the visitation room instead. It so happened that one of the inmates, Potty Mouth, in B-108, had a video visit scheduled that day. All visits are made with the knowledge and consent of the inmate days prior. 
Dates and times, 30 minutes, are precise due to a limited amount of monitors in the visitation room and there being over a thousand inmates in the facility. Once your time is up, your time is up. If there's a connection issue or the person doesn't show up, it cannot be pushed back to later in the day. You must reschedule for the upcoming weeks. It's early in the morning, approximately 8.15, and I knock at the door to get the inmate's attention. Potty Mouth wakes up and immediately starts in on me. What, witch? I inform him of his visit and slide his hall pass under the door. Like your standard hall pass, it has the date, time, or time of appointment, inmate name, unit, blah blah blah. He snatches it up and orders me not to freaking say anything to him. I walk away, not wanting to start anything first thing in the morning. Visits start promptly at noon that day, and the inmates begin preparing themselves to see their loved ones, taking showers, getting dressed and so on. It's not my job, but I always went out of my way to remind inmates that their appointment was soon, and would let them leave 15-20 to minutes early so they could walk across the jail and make it there on time. You wouldn't believe how many would play poker or watch TV and would actually get mad at me for interrupting them, trying to remind them that they had an appointment. Then, 5 minutes before their visit, rush to take a shower, run out, and then come back upset that they somehow missed their appointment. I was in the bubble covering for the control officer while they took their lunch, when I noticed Potty Mouth sitting on the table undressed, sweats and t-shirt, talking to another group of inmates with his back turned to me. I looked at the time and realized it was only about an hour before his video call was scheduled to begin. I then began to flash the mezzanine lights to get his attention. It took at least two to three times of me doing this before the other inmates told him to turn around. He looks over his shoulder, assumes I want him off the table, policy violation, and flags me off before turning back towards his friends. Cue malicious compliance. You want me to not say anything to you? You want to ignore me when I'm trying to help you, even after getting cussed out? Fine. I sat and watched as every single inmate on B Block got showered and dressed. They were ready to go at least 30 minutes before their visit all lined up near the door, anxiously waiting for me to let them out. Everybody but Potty Mouth. No, he wasn't outside playing basketball or on the phone, and let the time get away from him. No, he hadn't taken a nap. He was sitting 10 feet away from everyone who was waiting, running his mouth. 20 minutes before the visit starts, and I begin letting the inmates into the hallway. I stop one of the nicer inmates and ask, Why isn't Potty Mouth with you guys? He's confused. I say, yeah, I gave him his pass this morning and tried to flash the lights at him. He runs back in to remind Potty Mouth of his impending video call. Potty Mouth shoots daggers at me and frantically runs into his cell to get dressed. I smile to myself. Unsurprisingly, he missed his visit. He came back screaming at me for making him late for his video call. I didn't care. I just laughed and said it wasn't my job. The best part is... There was a clock hanging directly above his head, so there was no excuse. I mean, I don't know how much courtesy you can expect from an inmate, but if you treat somebody with kindness, you just hope to get it back. Nobody's gonna bend over backwards for you when you're just a jerk. Not gonna lie though, the kind of behavior doesn't surprise me considering this setting. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.